Welcome to the Glow Girl Podcast, your go-to source for learning how to work with your cycle and optimize your hormones, gut health, and metabolism to get the results that you want. I'm your host, Alyssa Curl, an online holistic nutritionist and personal trainer who's helped hundreds of women take charge of their internal and physical health so they can get to the root cause of their imbalances and achieve their fitness goals without the crazy protocols or the restrictive diets. Like many women, I've had my fair share of hormonal imbalances, gut issues, and I struggled with disordered eating for years, which is why I made it my mission to help women like you avoid the same mistakes I made, because you can live a healthy lifestyle and practice balance at the same time. And you're next. Grab a glass of wine or your favorite mocktail and get comfy, because it's time to glow, girl. Wednesday girly pops and welcome back to another episode of the glow girl podcast I hope you're all having a beautiful week and hopefully you are enjoying some gorgeous gorgeous weather I feel like the weather is kind of finally starting to show that it's gonna be summer I feel like I've been kind of going back and forth because this weather has been insane like one week it's super nice and sunny and beautiful And then the next week, it's like gloomy and cold and we're back to it being like winter. So (laughs) I think the weather's finally starting to figure out like, hey, it's about to be summertime and we're heading into those warmer weeks. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully you're enjoying um, some some beautiful weather right now. Um, I just got back from a weekend at the lake and I got to soak up all of the beautiful sunshine and float at the at the lake and it was beautiful and very much needed. Um, so before we hop into today's episode, let's share some wins and some habits that we are working on. If you're new here, we do this every single week. I like to make sure that we are always progressing and figuring out where we need to pivot the plan. So um, my win for this week was just navigating vacation like a pro and getting some very much needed R&R time. Um, Again, you know, you know, I'm very much a homebody. I am a classic overstressor a classic workaholic, <laughs> you know, type type three Enneagram for sure. Um, so a mini vacation was exactly what I needed just to, you know, get away from the computer, get away from, you know, work and social media and just chill for a little bit. Um, and the thing that I am working on this week is just really getting back into my routine. I have just been feeling kind of off for a while now, not like off in a sense that I'm like not being productive, but off because I haven't been on top of my routine like I had been in the past. Like in the past, I had just a really super solid routine. I was getting up um, to go to the gym by, you know, 4.30. Like I was getting up at 4.30 to be at the gym by 5. Um, I was getting into bed by 8 p.m. so that I could read for an hour before I like actually fell asleep by 9. Um, and now, you know, I'm not actually getting into bed until like 9 o'clock. So I'm not really falling asleep until 9.30, 10, which throws off me waking up early enough in the morning time to get to the gym. So I've been going to the gym later. Um, you know, I haven't been reading anymore at night. I was like reading a book a month and then I kind of fell off that. Um, I stopped planning out my day in my iPad. Um, so, you know, I kind of stopped like time blocking. I stopped making vision boards. Um, I stopped going for like a walk every morning. All the things that really just made me feel like me and, you know, on top of it and all the things that like set me up for success and helped me unwind at night, I stopped doing. And then I'm like, okay, well, why the heck do I feel off? And like, drained and and this is why because I just have been off my routine like routine is super important again you know I'm a type three enneagram if there's any type threes out there we know that routine is super super important I'm also you know someone who just really struggles with um you know like feeling mentally burnt out and like um you know mental health issues so like having a routine is super important and you know this is what makes me feel my best so I really want to get back into having a solid routine because again this is what makes me feel more prepared to take on the day so I am re-implementing 
a few of these habits every single day until I get the habit back down. So yesterday I already started, you know, implementing getting to bed by um, 8 p.m. again, reading. Um, I made sure that I like wrote in my iPad and planned out my day for today. Um, I was able to get up today by, I got up by 5 a.m., which is a lot better than what I have been doing, okay? Because I was getting up at like 7. So <laughs> we, we got back to at least waking up early enough to make it to the gym at a reasonable time so that I can get to, you know, start work at a reasonable time. So we're getting there. So hopefully by next week, I will have re-implemented all of these and have made it back into a habit. If not, you know, I'm going to at least give myself the, the rest of this month and maybe next month to like really solidify these habits. So that's currently what I'm working on. Um, I would love to know what your morning and nighttime routine looks like and what are some of your wins from this week. And let me know what one thing, the one thing that you're working on this week. I, I'd love to know. That way we can support each other. And if you're working on a nighttime routine or morning time routine too, let's be accountability buddies. So uh, send me a message over on Instagram and let me know. All right, so let's hop into today's episode. So did you know that it's been estimated that between 5 to 10% of U.S. women of childbearing age have PCOS? That is about 5 million women, which makes PCOS one of the biggest conditions and the most common conditions of hormonal endocrine disorders among women of reproductive age mind blown, right? Like that is a lot of women who suffer from PCOS and PCOS can be just such a very debilitating um, endocrine disorder. A lot of women suffer from insulin resistance and they end up having like weight loss resistance as well. Um, it, you know, you, you're dealing with maybe some facial hair, um, you know, some abnormal periods and it can just be really confusing on what to do because there's so much information out there on, you know, avoid this or do this. Um, you know, a lot of doctors will just tell you to go on metformin and, you know, maybe take Ozempic to help you out. And they don't really give you a lot of information on how to actually manage your PCOS. They will just say, you know, take these medications lose some weight and your PCOS will be fine. And then that leaves women so confused and just feeling like they're defeated and they don't know what to do because their only option to manage their PCOS is to lose weight and go on medication. But I can guarantee you that they've already tried to lose the weight and they're struggling to lose weight because again, you're dealing with some PCOS, which is some insulin resistance and maybe some weight loss resistance as well. So I work with many women who suffer from PCOS and I teach them how to manage their PCOS naturally without having to rely on medications or I help them taper off their medications and, you know, not having to deal with all of these restrictions. And I teach them, you know, what is actually going to work for them and what is not. That way they can manage these symptoms in a holistic way. And all of my clients have been successful with balancing out their hormones and putting their PCOS in remission and helping them feel just their absolute best and finally able to see their results while they're on their fitness journey, whether that is fat loss or building muscle or, you know, actually having a regular period, getting rid of their acne, you know, getting rid of all of the excess facial hair and, you know, just helping them live their best lives. So today we are going to chat about how to actually manage your PCOS in a holistic way so that you can look and feel your best girly pop. So if you're unfamiliar with what PCOS actually is, or if you you know you have PCOS, maybe you just need a little refresher of what's actually going on with you. Maybe your doctor hasn't actually explained to you what's going on. So again, PCOS is the most common endocrine condition among reproductive women, especially in the U.S. I don't know about any other countries, but for the U.S. specifically, it is the most common. PCOS is a condition in which the ovaries produce an abnormal amount of androgens, which is essentially the male sex hormone that's typically present in women in smaller amounts. Um, it can cause numerous small cysts, which are essentially just fluid-filled sacs um, to form in your ovaries. 
In some cases, a woman doesn't typically make enough of these hormones that are needed to ovulate. So when ovulation doesn't happen, the ovaries can develop many small cysts, which can, you know, sometimes be painful, um, which can obviously trigger um, like inconsistent periods or um, missing periods and typically can cause fertility issues in the future. So these cysts that are on your ovaries uh, will produce a hormone which is androgens um, and then women with PCOS will typically have higher levels of testosterone and androgens uh, which again you know causes issues with your cycle um, and you know can present a lot more symptoms of PCOS. So what can cause PCOS? Really the exact cause of PCOS is unknown. Um, So there's a couple of factors that can play a role in PCOS, but like the true underlying root cause of like how women actually get PCOS is is really undetermined because there's a lot of factors that kind of go into this. So um, sometimes it can be due to excess insulin because insulin is a hormone that is produced in the pancreas that allows your cells to use sugar, um, which is, you know, essentially your body's primary energy supply. That's where we're getting majority of our energy from. So if your body becomes um, more resistant to the action of insulin, then your blood sugar levels can rise and your body might produce more insulin that's actually needed. Um, so then this excess insulin might increase your androgen production, um, which can cause difficulty with ovulation, which then, you know, in turn causes um, PCOS. Um, another reason could be some low-grade inflammation. Uh, so this term is used to describe white blood cells, uh, which is, you know, produced when you're trying to basically like fight off infection right we when we go into like fight or flight when we're super stressed or when we're sick our body produces a lot more white blood cells to try to fight off whatever you know is kind of fighting against us right now so research has shown that women with PCOS have a type of low-grade inflammation that stimulates uh, polycystic ovaries to produce more androgens, which then leads to like heart issues and blood vessel problems and, you know, just basically creates this chronic low-grade inflammation, which, you know, in turn can cause some hormonal imbalances and produce some issues with your cycle. And then sometimes it's just hereditary. Um, You know, there's some research that suggests that certain genes can be linked to PCOS. So like if your mom has PCOS or your grandma or your aunt, you you might have a, a chance of getting PCOS as well, unfortunately. And then the last reason could be just, you know, excess androgens in your body you know, your ovaries can essentially just produce some abnormally high levels of androgen, maybe because of your lifestyle, maybe again, you know, because of genes, um, could be really linked to a lot of things, um, could be maybe some like hormone disrupting, uh, products that you're using or, you know, environmental toxins, which can result into, you know, excess facial hair, excess body hair and acne. So these are just, you know, some common, causes of PCOS but again you know you could have multiple you could have you know none of these there's really different kinds of PCOS as well which I don't think are commonly talked about so I think PCOS is pretty much generalized and most people just assume that if you have PCOS it's it's all the same kind but there's actually four different types of PCOS so there is insulin resistant PCOS there is post pill PCOS adrenal PCOS, and then there is inflammatory PCOS. So we can kind of talk a little bit about what these different types look like. So for insulin-resistant PCOS, this is typically the most common type of PCOS affecting around mm, about like 70% of people. Um, So what happens is insulin resistance is basically where there are, you know, higher levels of insulin than normal in the body. Um, So this typically happens when our cells become a bit numb to the effects of insulin. You know, basically, again, it starts to produce way more insulin than we actually need. So again, you know, this causes the pancreas to pump out more and more insulin until the cells get the message because your your body's really not like receptive to the insulin. So in this type of PCOS, you may be struggling a little bit more with your weight, 
um, holding more weight around your stomach or abdomen area. You might have more sugar cravings. Um, you have might have more symptoms like fatigue or brain fog. Um, and you know, typically it's the high levels of insulin that drives up the androgen levels, which causes issues like excess hair, uh, male pattern hair loss, or even you know acne. Um, and then the other you know type of PCOS is post pill PCOS. So um, with this type of PCOS, people um, typically get this when they stop taking oral contraceptives. Um, so, you know, basically your hormonal birth control is what causes this type of PCOS. So in this type of PCOS, you're going to be dealing with symptoms like acne, irregular periods, excess hair growth, um, where maybe you weren't typically dealing with this when you were on the pill. Um, so typically oral contraceptives like Jeanette, Yasmin, uh, Yaz are often involved in this type of PCOS due to their synthetic pro uh, progestions that are used in it. So after coming off of the pill, your ovaries basically throw like a party and <laughs> there is a natural surge of androgens, which can typically cause PCOS symptoms. However, in this type, there are no, you know, insulin resistance happening. So I typically see this in clients in like three to six months after stopping the pill. Um, but, you know, keep in mind that this type can take some time to heal on its own. But, you know, addressing things pretty quickly with like lifestyle changes, nutrition, supplementation, um, it can definitely help to get rid of that. And typically uh, people who are dealing with post PCOS uh, or post pill PCOS, sorry, um, don't deal with this forever. Like once you get your hormone levels leveled out, then it doesn't typically come back. So this is like the one that's the most treatable in a sense. Um, the third type is again, you know, adrenal PCOS. So in this type of PCOS, it's typically due to abnormal stress responses and it affects around 10% of those who are diagnosed. Um, so typically DHEAS, which is another type of androgen from the adrenal glands will be elevated alone. So that means that usually testosterone and other androgens are not elevated, it's just the elevated DHEAS. Um, so typically this type of androgen is unfortunately not tested often, the, the DHEAS. Um, so you typically have to go through like an endocrinologist or another specialist to test for this kind of PCOS. So it can be a little bit harder to diagnose, but you know, it, it really is like a specific form of PCOS. And then the last form of PCOS is the inflammatory PCOS. So with this, it's typically, you know, chronic inflammation that causes the ovaries to make excess testosterone, resulting in like more physical symptoms and issues with ovulation. So typically signs of inflammation in this type of PCOS include headaches, uh, joint pain, unexplained fatigue, skin issues like eczema and bowel issues like IBS. And you, you typically will see like raised inflammatory markers on blood tests, such as high CRP, which is the C-reactive protein. And it typically is like above a five. Um, other tests such as like fasting blood glucose and insulin are in the normal range usually, but sometimes they can be infected uh, as inflammation can affect these numbers as well. So we kind of talked about some of the common symptoms for the four types of PCOS, but let's just talk about some general PCOS symptoms that if maybe you're unsure if you actually have PCOS or you've been dealing with some of these symptoms and you just haven't, you know, been diagnosed, then definitely go and talk to your doctor if you check off at least, you know, two or three of these, okay? So if you're someone who's dealing with missed periods or irregular periods or very, very light periods, um, if your ovaries are larger or have more cysts, which typically is um, diagnosed through an ultrasound, um, if you have excess body hair, including on your chest, your stomach, your back, um, and like your jawline, um, if you are experiencing like weight gain, especially around the abdomen area, uh, if you're dealing with any type of like acne or oily skin, hair thinning or like male pattern thinning, um, which is, you know, typically around like the crown of your head. If you are experiencing infertility, skin tags, 
um, dark or thick patches on the back of your neck and your armpits and under your breasts, then these can be, you know, pretty common symptoms of PCOS. And again, if you are dealing with any of these, then we absolutely want to make sure that we are getting our doctor, having our doctor check us out, uh, getting, you know, the ultrasound done and, you know, making sure that we are figuring out if we do have PCOS or not. We want to get sure, we want to make sure we're getting diagnosed, okay? So now let me share all of my top tips for managing your PCOS in a more holistic way. So we typically do this through reducing inflammation, focusing more on whole foods, improving your gut because we know that the gut and hormones are connected, um, balancing our exercise, reducing stress, prioritizing sleep, and then as needed through supplementation. So let's first talk about reducing some inflammation. So PCOS, again, you know, is described as a low level chronic inflammation. So inflammation typically occurs naturally in the body, but when it becomes chronic, meaning it occurs for too long, it can trigger disease processes. So with chronic inflammation, your body is basically on constant high alert. So reducing inflammation by limiting high inflammatory foods and adding anti-inflammatory foods to your diet can help to ease your symptoms. So some foods that cause inflammation in the body are foods higher in trans fat and saturated fat, um, high fructose corn syrup, foods high in added sugar, um, excessive alcohol, refined carbohydrates, processed meats. So think, you know, like your sausages and um, like hot dogs and things like that. Also your artificial sweeteners. So think like your sucralose and your aspartame and your um, like sweet and low, you know, things like that. Uh, can also cause an inflammatory response in the body. So if you're someone who's trying to, you know, lower your added sugar, but then you're using the artificial sweeteners because you think it's a, a better option, it really is actually just mimicking the sugar in your body. Like your body doesn't actually know the difference. So it actually still produces um, like an insulin response. And with the artificial sweeteners, it actually makes it the response to that artificial sugar a lot higher. So it actually makes you produce a lot more insulin than if you were just to eat the regular sugar. So all of these types of foods can cause some more high inflammatory responses in the body. So some foods that we want to focus on to reduce the inflammation are your foods like fatty fish. So salmon and mackerel and, um, you know, like halibut, uh, healthy fats such as avocado, nuts, olive oil, avocado oil, ghee, grass-fed butter, um, nut butters are, are totally great as well. Um, your fruits, especially, you know, berries and cherries and oranges, like all like the high vitamin C fruits, um, apples, uh, tomatoes, because they're really high in antioxidants and vitamin C as well. Uh, your dark leafy greens, so, you know, your spinach, your chard, uh, your kale, arugula, um, turmeric as well. Turmeric is a really great spice to utilize in your food. Um, you always want to make sure that you are adding black pepper to anything that you are putting turmeric in, whether you're using like the whole root or, uh, you know, powdered turmeric because it helps to activate the curcumin in the turmeric, which is like the active compound. So we have to make sure we have black pepper with that. Um, and then, you know, still kind of on the topic of food, we want to primarily focus on whole sources of food. So you can still have, um, you know, a healthy balance and, you know, still maybe put some processed foods in your diet. Like we don't have to be 100% clean all the time. No one does, right? But, you know, if you are dealing with PCOS, you probably want to be a little bit more mindful with the amount of processed foods that you're eating, right? So, you know, maybe instead of like a 70-30 split or an 80-20 split, we probably want to follow more of like a 90-10 split. So, you know, 90% of the time we are really primarily focusing on those whole foods, especially those um, anti-inflammatory foods that I was talking about, you know, but also making sure you're getting in like your lean sources of protein, like, you know, fish and eggs and, uh, you know, some grass-fed beef and, uh, you know, like some pork tenderloin or um, I think I said chicken already, but I probably said chicken, you know, shrimp, <laughs> your like Greek yogurt. Um, and then 
also making sure we're getting in lots of like, you know, fruits and veggies, lots of whole grains, um, you know, lots of fiber. And then, you know, making sure that we are trying to also focus on the quality of the foods that we're getting, right? So choosing organic when we can, um, you know, trying to get them without artificial sugars added or, you know, any hormones added or preservatives as these foods are as close to their natural state and unprocessed state as possible. And they're going to provide us with all of the nutrients that we need in order to heal and thrive. And then, you know, obviously enjoying the soul food when you would like and just, you know, making sure that we are moderating it as much as possible. Um, And then the next tip is, again, improving your gut health. As we've talked about before, Gut health plays a huge role in reducing inflammation and regulating hormones. If you have missed the episode where I talk about the correlation between gut health and hormones, definitely go check that one out. It's a couple episodes back and I really just do a deep dive into why exactly our hormones and our gut health are connected and how if you are dealing with one, you're typically dealing with another, right? So if you are typically dealing with like bad gut health, then you're probably going to see some hormonal imbalances. Or if you're dealing with some hormonal imbalances, then you're probably dealing with some type of gut issues like some gut dysbiosis and bloating. Maybe you're feeling gassy all the time. Maybe your stomach is hurting after you eating, you know, specific types of foods. So we really want to make sure that we are addressing that because chronic inflammation stems from both. And so when we address the gut, because the gut is where our immune is actually like kind of the most present like our immune is the most strongest in the gut that's where like we're actually supporting it at Um, and your immune system is in charge of creating this uh, inflammatory response so again you know when you get sick your immune system is at work trying to make sure that we are fighting off whatever infection is happening so you know if there's nothing for the immune system to fight off and we're just chronically stressed and always inflamed then that's when we see all of these issues so incorporating more in pre and probiotic rich foods um, or you know typically if you need to supplement with a probiotic you can but I don't suggest that for everyone because sometimes people overdo it on the probiotics and then it causes more issues and actually helping but you know again making sure that you are focusing primarily on whole foods making sure that you are you know getting enough sleep drinking enough water reducing your stress um, you know making sure that you are getting those probiotic and prebiotic rich foods so you know coming from more of those like fermented foods like kombucha and kimchi and sauerkraut um, you know, yogurts, all of those will, will definitely help you out as well, as well as making sure you're getting in enough fiber um, and, you know, all of those antioxidant-rich foods and all of the whole foods, which help to improve the overall integrity of your gut. Also, you know, making sure that you are like slowing down when you're eating will help to uh, prevent any issues with your digestion, um, making sure that you're, you know, getting enough movement in. Again, I said sleep, making sure we're getting adequate amounts of sleep, making sure we're getting enough water because water can help with the motility of your gut, which is, you know, essentially getting rid of any excess waste. We, we dive deep in this already, so you kind of know this already, but if you would like to go listen to that episode, I will link it in the show notes for you. And then the next tip is to make sure that we are balancing exercise because we don't want to overdo it, but we want to make sure we are still getting enough exercise to, you know, support a healthy weight, right? Because exercise is super important for maintaining um, a healthy weight. But again, you know, too much exercise can disrupt your hormones. So typically a good mix of strength training and some cardio is recommended um, to help manage your PCOS symptoms. I typically really just have my clients focus primarily on strength training. Um, Anywhere from like three to five days is pretty solid for most of them. But sometimes, you know, five days is too much. So three to four is typically that sweet spot for most of them. And then really, we just focus on steps for most of the time. Um, You know, we can do some light cardio, like maybe some running or the elliptical or the stair stepper. Um, I don't typically program a lot of hit for my clients just because doing a lot of high intensity 
Um, cardio can obviously produce a stress response on your body, which when we are chronically stressed and we're already dealing with inflammation, we're adding a lot more inflammation on top of this, which is just going to hurt your hormones more than help it. So I typically try to have my clients limit the amount of hit that they do, um, unless they're in like a really, really healed state and they can, you know, or they're able to actually do hit and, and not actually ruin their body. But, you know, typically hit or like some really high intensity, like cycling or sprinting, things like that. We try to just, you know, limit that and just focus on some more low intensity cardio, like again, walking, getting your steps in, maybe some light jogging or, you know, going on the stair step or things like that. But primarily, if you're focusing on strength training, we're building more muscle, we're losing more body fat, we are supporting our metabolism. And that's typically enough for my clients to see the results that they want and help support their hormones and their body. And then the next tip is obviously, you know, reducing stress. We already talked about stress a whole lot. We know that stress can cause an inflammatory response in the body. It can mess with your hormones. It can mess with your gut health. It can mess with your sleep. So we want to make sure that we are reducing stress as much as possible because reducing stress will regulate your cortisol levels, which will help to reduce the inflammation and balance out your hormones. So figure out how you can cope with your stress better, okay? I don't suggest coping with stress in negative ways like using food to cope or alcohol or, you know, like destructive patterns, right? We want to cope with stress in a healthy way. So maybe that's you utilizing exercise, like getting outside and getting some sunlight and going for a walk, or maybe you use your, um, you know, gym workouts to be a form of stress relief for you. Maybe it's listening to a positive podcast like this one right here or you know a different type of podcast or maybe that's you reading a positive book or even a self-help book um maybe that's you doing some meditation or some journaling or some yoga or talking it out with a therapist talking it out with a friend like there's so many different ways that we can reduce stress in a natural way And it's really just about us being productive about it and learning how to cope with stress a lot better, right? Because there's a lot of things that are outside of our control, right? Like I I can't be like, okay, well, you know, don't let work stress get in your way or, you know, leave your job. Obviously, you know, that's unrealistic, right? Because there's going to be stress happening everywhere. It's going to be stress happening in your family and your job, um, you know, just maybe financial stress, whatever. So we can't control that happening to us but we can control how we react to it the best we possibly can right remember you know you can only control what you can control but you can always control how you feel about it and how you cope with it so find some more effective ways to cope with your stress and let's implement that so that we can get these stress levels down which will in turn help out with your pcos and then the final one is just prioritizing sleep we know that sleep is so important for so many different aspects of your life not just you know hormone levels but also you know with recovery with um you know just the overall integrity of your gut health with you know making sure that we are rebuilding cells and rebuilding muscle as we sleep so you know sleep also just affects your stress levels it helps to regulate your cortisol um, and you know that in turn will help you to balance out your hormones so making sure that you are aiming for at least minimum 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 six hours okay but i don't typically recommend most healthy adults to get six hours that's like you know if you're really struggling to get sleep right now please at least aim for six hours but most healthy adults especially if you're someone who is trying to heal your hormones should be getting at least seven to eight hours okay of good quality sleep like good quality uninterrupted REM sleep we want to be at least getting seven to eight hours okay so that might look like you getting into a better nighttime routine like I talked about at the beginning of this episode um you know making sure that you're getting to bed at a reasonable time and doing all the things that you need to do to unwind so that you can get some good quality sleep. And if you need some ideas on how to prioritize sleep a lot better, DM me because I got you, okay? And I almost forgot about supplements. That was the that was the last uh, tip. <laughs> it wasn't sleep, it was supplements. But there are a couple of different supplements that I will typically recommend to my PCOS clients. I don't 
typically recommend all of these to everyone. And you know, remember that all of these supplements are going to be based off of an individualized, you know, person by person. Um, so while some of these help some people, they might not help you out. It really, you know, just boils down to, to lifestyle changes and to dietary changes. Um, and, you know, really just trying to focus from healing on the inside out. However, supplements can absolutely help take your healing journey a step further. It really is just finding the right dosage for you and the right combination of uh, supplements for you and the type of PCOS that you have and, you know, what your actual needs are. So the first supplement that I typically recommend for clients is inositol. So inositol is also known as vitamin B8, and it's one of the best supplements for women with PCOS because of its support of healthy blood sugar levels and ovarian health. So oftentimes when you see inositol on the label, it's typically as myo-inositol. But for PCOS, there is actually two forms that are most helpful. So most studies are typically... Uh, for myo-inositol and the D-chiro-inositol, or no, known also as DCL, um, at like a specific rate of 40 to 1. So making sure that you are getting a good quality inositol, either through the Ovacetol is a really good brand. Um, the Jolene Brighton one is a pretty solid option because it is, has... Uh, the myo-inositol and then the d-chiro-inositol so it contains both which add a good mixture um so just making sure that you are like double checking your nutrition facts and that it's third-party tested and just getting a high quality supplement is super important for all of these okay um but inositol can help with improving the body's use of insulin uh, reducing sugar levels regulating menstrual cycles um, improving ovarian function promoting egg quality uh, boosting your reproduction and fertility, preventing like the excess hair growth, um, and it can also help to reduce the risk of gestational diabetes. So, you know, it, it really is just all around a really great supplement. It can also help with metabolic issues like infl inflammation and uh, hypertension, which again, you know, are all part of the metabolic syndrome that causes PCOS. Um, and there's a lot of studies too that have shown that inositol could also reduce insulin resistance while improving a wide variety of PCOS symptoms. And the, you know, myo and DCL were also able to enhance uh, ovarian cells and the follicular development and maturation of like your um, eggs, which can help to support ovulation and regular cycles and also can help, uh, you know, with just the overall ovarian function to just really help you with like your fertility in the future so in including a, a inositol supplement is really really important and what i recommend if you're going to take like one supplement out of all of these it's definitely to take inositol <laughs> and then the other supplement that i will um recommend to clients um this is on a case-by-case -case basis, but it is a really, really great supplement. And, um, you know, if you're thinking about taking it, definitely talk to your doctor before taking this because there can be some side effects, but it is berberin. So berberin is um, typically used to treat a number of conditions, including PCOS. Um, so basically what it does is it can help to improve the fertility. Um, it can assist with like weight loss and weight loss resistance. Um, and it can also, again, you know, help for lowering your risk of metabolic com uh, complications and, you know, dealing with metabolic syndrome. Um, however, again, you know, there can be some side effects to this, um, Typically, you know, if you are someone who is on like um, blood pressure medication, this can lower your blood pressure, which is great. But then, you know, sometimes if it's lowering your blood pressure too much, that can be a problem. So making sure you're talking to your doctor before taking this and checking your blood pressure levels so that they're not super low will be helpful. That way you're not hurting yourself. But all in all, uh, berberin can be a really great option if you're someone who doesn't want to take metformin so essentially it can be like a more natural form of metformin both inositol and berberin are like the two supplements that are more 
of the natural form of metformin. So again, if you are dealing with um, insulin resistance, it can really help you out there. The next supplement is omega-3s, another really great one for most people to take, but especially if you are dealing with uh, PCOS, omega-3s are the fatty acids found in like fish oil, typically your, your fatty fish, um, your, you know, healthy fats. Um, and it's really just, you know, again, a great addition to any diet, but especially those who are looking to maybe um, lose weight, you're dealing with weight loss resistance. Um, there's been a lot of studies that report uh, just so many health benefits to omega-3 fatty acids, including the support of healthy blood sugar levels. Um, and you know, there's some studies that show that omega-3s can help in reducing testosterone and regulating the menstrual cycle in women with PCOS, along with decreasing testosterone. Um, omega-3s can also help with the sex-binding hormone globulin, which can you know also just help to um, make sure that we are like binding estrogen and testosterone to normalize any like free floating hormone levels and basically just get rid of any excess hormones that we don't need, um, which, you know, can basically contribute to like hormonal imbalances. Right. Um, and then omega threes can also help to decrease inflammation. I think that's what they're most commonly used for is to, you know, decrease inflammation, um, because, we know that inflammation can obviously lead to insulin resistance. So making sure that we are getting that inflammation down is crucial as it can be like the root cause for a lot of women with PCOS. The next supplement is chromium. So chromium is a trace mineral that enhances the function of insulin. So it can help insulin work more effectively, which can help to maintain healthy, balanced hormones. Um, there's been some studies that show that chromium can help reduce blood sugar levels and insulin levels in women with PCOS. And that can help, you know, with blood glucose levels, extra glucose that, you know, contributes to weight gain and hormonal imbalances. Um, so typically taking like 100 mcgs of chromium can, you know, help with your PCOS. Um, the next one is Vitex or Chastity Berry. Um, so this has typically been used for centuries in um, holistic medicine as like a fertility plant um, and can help to support your overall hormonal balance in the body with particular influence on progesterone levels. So um, I typically use Vitex or Chastity Berry for clients who are dealing with like really crazy PMS symptoms or um, dealing with any like fertility issues or period issues. Um, so Vitex has an effect on the hypothalamic pituitary ovarian access. So basically it just influences the master pituitary gland, um, which is the gland that tells the ovaries how to do its job and how to make more hormones, like exactly what to do. And it kind of gets that functioning a lot better. Um, and it can intercept this hormonal feedback loop essentially. So some studies suggest that chromium can also help increase progesterone levels and balance out testosterone, which can help uh, with PCOS symptoms like cysts, acne, uh, PMS symptoms, miscarriages, and endometriosis. Um, so, you know, making sure that you are getting a good quality uh, Vitex or Chastity Berry can really help if you are someone who is dealing with like any of those symptoms. Um, and then the next one is N-acetylcysteine, or also known as NAC. It's an antioxidant and an amino acid that the body needs for overall endocrine health. Um, and there has been a lot of studies that show that NAC can be effective on decreasing your BMI, which is, you know, essential for like weight loss, um, you know, less facial hair and hair on like your chest and abdomen, um, better fasting insulin and like better blood sugar control, um, free testosterone, which can contribute to like less oily skin, less acne, less hair loss, and it can be helpful for menstrual irregularities to like help regulate your menstrual cycle out. Um, NAC can also have similar results to metformin. Um, it doesn't mean obviously that you should like quit taking your metformin if you are taking NAC, um, but it can also just help you to like decrease the amount that you're taking or, you know, maybe weighing yourself off of it um, in conjunction with maybe taking berberin or inositol. 
And there's also a study that has found that NAC showed significant improvement in pregnancy and ovulation rate for women with PCOS as well. So if you're someone who has PCOS and you are currently trying to get pregnant or you're thinking about getting pregnant in the future, then taking NAC can help you do so. And then the next supplement that I always recommend is magnesium. I recommend magnesium for majority of women um, because most women are um, typically deficient in magnesium, especially if you're someone who is taking any type of birth control or even like the copper IUD as it can deplete your, your magnesium stores. Um, so low magnesium has been linked to high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, stroke, osteoporosis, which, you know, can be very common in women as well. Um, so taking magnesium can help to reduce these risks while also improving your energy, your mood, your hormone balance, your bowel regularity, um, and, you know, making sure that we are just overall being as healthy as possible. Um, making sure that you take enough magnesium can help with your metabolic syndrome as well. Again, you know, metabolic syndrome is related to chronic inflammation, weight gain, hormonal imbalance, uh, which is like the leading cause of PCOS. So you can take a couple of different types of magnesium. I typically recommend magnesium glycinate as it's not the one that will make you poop your brains out. <laughs> um, there is a specific type of um, magnesium. It's called magnesium citrate. And if you're someone who's dealing with like constipation and, you know, irregularities with your bowel movements, you can take that one as well. Um, uh, but if you don't have any bowel issues, I would take the glycinate as it's like good for, um, sleep for, you know, reducing your inflammation. It can help with your bowel movements, but not going to actually like make you poop your brains out. Um, and you know, just overall can help with like menstrual cramps and lots of other issues. Next, we have vitamin D, which again, I typically recommend to most of my clients as women are commonly pretty deficient in vitamin D. So taking a vitamin D is good for everyone, but low vitamin D levels may intensify your PCOS symptoms, including your insulin resistance, um, ovulatory and menstrual irregularities, um, infertility, making, you know, having like really high androgen levels and obesity. So supplementing with vitamin D has been shown um, to have like beneficial effects on menstrual regularity and having better ovulation. Um, vitamin D is also like a precursor for a lot of hormones. So making sure that you have adequate levels of vitamin D will make sure that your hormones are healthy, that we are you know producing um, good quality eggs, um, it can also help to reduce your increased risk of like weight gain, insulin resistance, um, increased risk of heart disease, diabetes, which can all be linked to um, PCOS. So getting enough vitamin D and making sure that you are getting um, a vitamin D with like a fat source. So I typically recommend um, taking vitamin D with K2 as that is like a you know fat soluble vitamin. Um, for like best absorption. Also getting the liquid form of vitamin D um, can help you absorb it a lot better. Making sure you're taking your vitamin D uh, first thing in the morning when like the sun is at the highest because that helps to like absorb in your body better. Um, it can all, you know, help you get adequate amounts of vitamin D or, you know, just making sure you're taking your fat, uh, your vitamin D with like a fat source with breakfast. Um, so, you know, adding in like some healthy fats like avocado, nuts, seeds, things like that can help you to metabolize and, um, you know, absorb your vitamin D supplement that much better, especially for someone who deals with um, lower levels of vitamin D. We want to make sure we are absorbing it properly. And then the next supplement I typically recommend is zinc. Uh, zinc is a strong antioxidant that can help uh, regulate the function of different enzymes, regulate cell growth, uh, help you release hormones and impacts your reproduction. It can also help improve symptoms of insulin resistance, acne, hair growth, and hair loss. Um, it also can help with your immune function, which can help to you know better uh, improve your digestive health. So it really is important for so many things. And then the final supplement that I typically recommend is your B vitamins, especially your B12 and your B9, which is your folate. So both B vitamins 
can help to lower inflammation and it can also help to correct hormonal imbalances and improve fertility. Um, folate supplementation can increase your progesterone levels and lower your risk for anovulation, which is typically when an egg doesn't release from the ovaries. Um, and it's really useful, especially for women who are trying to get pregnant. So when you do get pregnant, your like baby needs a good amount of folate to help them grow properly. So um, making sure that you are getting enough folate can, you know, obviously help to support the baby. But also there's been research that shows that a combination of folate and inositol can help to improve your fertility in PCOS patients due to a combination of its ability to improve like insulin sensitivity and again you know can also help with the reduced risk of miscarriages and helping you to bring your child to full term so essentially if you are someone who is trying to uh, get pregnant and support fertility then making sure you know you're taking vitamin d folate and nosotol like all of these are going to be super super helpful Okay, babes, that is all I have for you today. I hope you found these tips helpful. I know this was a little bit of a longer episode, but we had lots to cover, okay? And I hope you learned a little bit more about managing your PCOS holistically, and hopefully you took away some good tidbits on how to implement these into your lifestyle. Um, Please share this podcast with any of your PCOS friends who might be struggling and maybe just need a little bit more support. And if you found this podcast helpful or if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please leave a review. Let people know that you love this podcast and get the word out to other people. That way we can also share all of the knowledge for holistic health and wellness because I so, so appreciate it. And if you would like more information or more customized and hands-on support managing your PCOS, please send me a DM on Instagram because I am always happy to help. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Glow Girl Podcast. If you love the episode, please share the podcast with your besties and tag me on socials. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any further episodes. And if you have any questions regarding today's episode, please feel free to direct message me on Instagram. I'd be happy to help. Thanks for listening. See you next time.